0: Hello and welcome to episode forty-three of the Ford Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and today we're wrapping up our Who Are They series with the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's get on into it. All right. So in case you're new here, what we do is we go over each team position by position and give a general breakdown of the whole roster. Then I talk about the season outlook, what I think their floor and ceiling is and what I think can go wrong, what I think can go right. Talk about the over under, whether or not I think the team will hit that over or under, the biggest strength of the roster and the biggest weakness. And then the next episode to be posted after this is going to be my season prediction, where I'll talk about um, what I think every team's win total will be, the official one for me, and then uh playoff prediction and a season's award prediction. So if you want to stick around for that, hit the subscribe button. That'll be coming up in just like a day or two. And yeah, let's get on into the Chargers. Kicking things off, as always, with the quarterbacks, we got Justin Herbert, Chase Daniels, and Easton Stick. So Herbert proved all his doubters wrong in back-to-back seasons. He came in with one of the top arms in the league and has improved his accuracy vastly from college. He also got drastically better at reading defenses, hardly putting the ball in harm's place and finding open receivers easily. His fourth quarter comeback against the Raiders that came just short was the stuff of legends, completing big play after big play under immense pressure. As a young player though, he still does have some room to improve, which is just scary for the rest of the league. If he can be more aggressive as he has the arm to hit literally any throw, this offense could be absolutely crazy. Chase Daniels has the perfect job. He's good enough to be one of the top backups in the league and get a good contract to do so, but he hardly plays because he's behind established starters always. He should be able to keep the squad afloat for a game or two if Herbert goes down, but he obviously would be disappointed if he ends up starting too much. And then Steak was picked in the fifth round in 2019, but he hasn't taken any regular season snaps yet. For running backs, they have Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly, Sonny Michel, Isaiah Spiller, and Xander Horvath at a fullback. Eckler has become one of the best dual threat backs since going undrafted in 2017. He might be the strongest player pound for pound. He is undersized but has great speed and acceleration, allowing him to put linebackers in the blender when lined up on him. He does have a bit of an injury history, but if he can't stay healthy and out there, he is likely going to be a top 10 back. Kelly was taken in the fourth round in 2020 as a replacement for Melvin Gordon. He hasn't been able to stay healthy so far though and is only averaging 3.2 yards per carry when he does get out there. They'll still probably try to get him some more carries to spell Eckler but so far he hasn't shown much to believe that he'll be able to create much more than what the line gives him. Michelle was picked in the first round in 2018 by the Patriots and was traded to the Rams last year. He had some exciting playoff games for New England and was a pivotal piece in that Rams offense last year but was phased out in 2020. Last year with the Rams, he did do pretty good in their rotation, having 845 yards on 4.1 yards per carry. Although he couldn't make the deep Dolphins roster, I do expect him to be pretty decent here for the Chargers, especially if Kelly disappoints. Spiller was taken in the 4th round this year out of Texas A&M. He lacks high-end athleticism, but he was a productive bell cow who showed some promise as a 3rd down back with strong pass protection and good receiving skills. And Horvath is a fullback taken in the 7th round this year out of Purdue. For the wide receivers they have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, and DeAndre Carter. Allen is one of the top route runners in the league, destroying defensive backs both out wide and in the slot, and has strong hands for the most part, although he did have a bit more drops than usual last year. He's not a high-end athlete, but his quickness and separation ability allows him to consistently be one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. Williams is a big bodied wide receiver, selected 7th overall in 2017. It took him a few seasons to really establish himself but he's become one of the best contested catch targets in the whole league. He's a good complement as like a jump ball target opposite of the shifty Keenan Allen. Palmer was a deep threat taken in the third round last year. He did have the most productive rookie season but started to come on more as the year went on. He's not a speedy deep threat but instead like a physical downfield winner who's good at beating press coverage. Guyton is this team's speed threat though. He went undrafted in 2019. He gets a couple snaps of games keeping the defense off. He gets a couple snaps a game, keeping the defense honest with his great speed and Herbert's lead arm. Carter went undrafted in 2015 and has bounced around the league as a backup, underside slot receiver. For tight ends, they have Gerald Everett, Donald Parham Jr., and Trey McKitty. Everett was picked in the second round in 2017 by the Rams, but could never establish himself as the lead tight end there, constantly splitting time with Tyler Higbee. He's a great athlete, though, and he had his best year last year with Seattle and with Wilson, who hardly targets the middle of the field and Geno Smith throwing to him. Now he's going to be playing with Justin Herbert, so he's set up to have a career year. Parham went undrafted in 2019 and started to show some promise as a tight end, too, until a scary concussion last year. Luckily he was able to recover well and is slated to come back and play again this year. The 6-8 target began to develop some pretty good chemistry with Justin Herbert and does have a chance I think, to overtake Everett on the depth chart. And McKitty was taken in the third round last year but hardly played, he was mostly used as a blocker and honestly I don't think he's going to be a receiving threat at all this season again. For their offensive line, their starters are projected to be Rayshon Slater, Matt Filer, Corey Lindsley, Zion Johnson, and Trey Pipkins III and with Storm Norton backing up at tackle, Jamari Saylor and Brendan James backing up at guard, and Will Clapp backing up at center. Slater was picked 13th overall last year and was instantly one of the best tackles in the league, earning him second team all pro honors. He handled elite defenders with ease, only really struggling against Miles Garrett and that was until he stopped asking to receive chip help, once he did that he was locking him down pretty well. He should be an elite left tackle for years to come finally went on draft in 2014 and developed into a solid starter with pittsburgh at both tackle and guard last year with the chargers he was more of the same just like an average to above average level guard and then sailor was taken in the sixth round this year out of georgia and he does have some guard tackle flexibility lindsley was taken in the fifth round in 2014 by the packers and developed into arguably the best center in the league there earning a huge payday by the chargers and not disappointing continuing his dominance Klapp was taken in the 7th round in 2018 by the Saints, spending the last 4 years there as a backup. Johnson was picked 17th overall this year out of Boston College where he was absolutely dominant. Now all the reports out of Chargers camp is he's picking up right where he left off, continuing to help the Chargers turn around this line and honestly make it a strength. Then James was picked in the 5th round last year but hardly played. Pipkins was picked in the 3rd round in 2019 but has largely disappointed when out there, losing his job and being this team's 6th lineman last year. Now he's being asked to start again in a division with some crazy pass rusher so hopefully a year on the bench could help him grow or else it's a pretty major weakness. If he can't show improvement they'll probably turn back to Storm Norton, a 2017 undrafted free agent. However I would be shocked if they were to do so as Norton almost single-handedly lost them the game against the Raiders giving up 11 pressures to Max Crosby. He was one of the worst starting tackles in pass protection last year but he honestly wasn't too bad as a run blocker so there's that as a saving grace? For their interior defensive line, they have Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, Austin Johnson, Jerry Tillery, Brendan Fejoko, and Otito Ogwania. Joseph Day was picked in the sixth round in 2018 by the Rams, where he developed into a good nose tackle. He only played seven games last year, but he's a strong run stuffer and showed some nice pass rush ability, even though he might not be asked to do so as much here. Fox went undrafted in 2016 and developed with the Rams as a rotational pass rusher and then spent last year with the Panthers. He's undersized sized at 275 pounds and doesn't offer much against the run and so far he's only been like an all right average ish pass rusher johnson was picked in the second round by the titans in 2016. he had his best season as a pass rusher for the giants last year but he's mostly like a run stuffing type he'll likely see mostly early down work to help bolster the randy taylor was picked in the first round in 2019 but has been disappointing as like a 20-year type pass rusher they've experimented with him both at edge and defensive tackle but so far he's been underwhelming in both run defense and as a pass rusher, with 35 pressures so far being his career high. Fajoko is an undersized nose tackle who went undrafted in 2020, not playing too much so far, and Ogbania was taken in the fifth round this year out of UCLA. For edge defenders, they have Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Caleb Noy, and Chris Rumpf second. This edge duo has the chance to be the best in the league for sure, but their two stars have some extensive injury history, and to only have two edges behind them is kind of concerning. Not gonna lie, Bosa—he's been dominant. Bosa has been a dominant pass rusher since being taken in the third round in 2016. He's a great athlete who can win with both speed and power, constantly being a top pressure getter in the league. He's dealt with some injuries in his career and has never been like the top tier edge rusher conversation but I definitely think he's either the bottom of tier 1 or the very, very top end of tier 2. Mack has been dominant since being taken 5th overall in 2014. The 2016 defensive player of the year quickly established himself as one of the best, if not the best, edge rusher in the entire league, and he's also a top tier 1 defender. He can drop into coverage a couple times a game too just to confuse blocking schemes, and he doesn't get lost out there. He missed most of last year with injuries, and he has had some minor injuries throughout his time in Chicago, but he was still having a good year last year with 22 pressures and 6 sacks through 7 games. Now he'll be rushing the passer opposite of the best teammate he's ever had, so I expect him to bounce back into that upper echelon of pass rushers. Benoit is a hybrid edge rusher, dropping into coverage a couple hundred times a year. He's been at his best when in New England like many players, so we'll have to see if the Chargers can get the best out of him. Um, I also wonder if he's going to be on the middle of the defense more often, as the more traditional linebackers on this team are from a strength. Rumpf was taken in the fourth round last year as like a high upside speed rusher, coming off the bench a bit last year but not really being productive. And then for linebackers, they have Kenneth Murray Jr., Drew Tranquil, Troy Reeder, Amen Agbong Bemiga, and Nick Neiman. Murray was taken in the first round in 2020, but the athletic linebacker hasn't been able to put it all together on the field yet. He missed a lot of time with an ankle injury last year, but when he did see the field, he was pretty terrible in run defense, missing almost 20% of his tackles, and his coverage was just fine, not enough to offset by poor run defending. Tranquil was picked in the fourth round 2019 and developed into a nice starting linebacker, but he has also dealt with some injuries throughout his time in the league. He's also a good athlete, making this a pretty good high upside duo, and Tranquil has shown to be better in both run D and coverage so far than Murray. Greeter went undrafted in 2019 and worked his way up to being a significant linebacker in the Rams rotation. And he's also an athletic linebacker, so the Chargers clearly have a type here. He doesn't offer much against the run, but he can come in on passing downs if Murray continues to struggle. Ogbong Bimegia went undrafted last year and saw a few snaps, mostly in Rundi, not playing too well so far. And Neiman was picked in the sixth round last year, but didn't play much as a rookie, fitting the mold though that they like of an athletic linebacker. For cornerbacks, they have J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., Bryce Callahan, Michael Davis, Jaseer Taylor, and Dean Leonard. Jackson has been one of the best cornerbacks after going undrafted in 2018. Last year, he showed that he can still produce as the number one, giving up 600 yards but still having eight interceptions. He's going to miss some time with an injury at the beginning of the season, but he should return soon and continue to be one of the league's best. Samuel was picked in the second round last year and had a good season for a rookie. He's a smaller corner at 5'10", 184 but his speed and short area quickness helps to counter that and he should get even better with a better pass rush, a better cornerback, playing opposite of him and more experience under his belt. Callahan has been an underrated corner since going undrafted in 2015, able to play both outside and in the slot. He struggled to stay healthy throughout his career though and looked to have lost a bit of a step last year. If he can get back to 2020 form though this would be an amazing corner trio but he may just be past his prime. Davis went on draft in 2017 and earned a starting gig here year two. He's a pretty average starting corner, good athlete, who's probably one of the best fourth corners in the league though. So that's some good depth that can step up in dime packages and fill in for injuries. Taylor was picked in the sixth round this year out of Wake Forest and Leonard was picked in the seventh round out of Ole Miss. For safeties, they have Derwin James Jr., Nasir Adderi, JT Woods, and Alohi Gilman. When healthy, James is the best safety in the league. But, he's missed almost two full seasons since being taken 17th overall in 2018. He plays all over the field, over top, in the box, even lined up on edge, and he's also reportedly locked down Keenan Allen as a corner in practice. He's a big wildcard of this team because if he plays, this defense will have an all-pro level talent at every level of the field, he just needs to stay out there. Adderry was picked in the second round in 2019 but missed most of his rookie season with an injury. He isn't a high-end athlete like most of the players on this defense, but he's pretty good overall at keeping the hot top on the defense. He's also a popular pick to be a breakout player this year, surrounded by all this star power and entering a contract year. JT Woods is a cover safety taken in the third round this year out of Baylor. He won't be a factor against the run, but he has amazing speed and ball skills to be one of the better center fielding safeties in the league sooner rather than later, especially if this team moves on from Adelaide. And gilman was taken in the sixth round in 2020 and saw a lot of time last year as a third safety when he was healthy he's undersized and a below average athlete but he didn't allow much his way in coverage last year for special teams they have dustin hopkins at kicker jk scott at punter and josh harris at long snapper hopkins joined the chargers mid-year last year hitting 90 percent of his field goals and has 85 percent accuracy throughout his career Scott was taken in the fifth round in 2018 by the Packers, but was cut after three years and hardly played last year. And Harris joined the Chargers this year after being with the Falcons since 2012. And so now it's time to get into my overall season projection, what I think the floor or the ceiling of this team is, everything that can go wrong, everything that can go right, I'm going to talk about the over or under, whether or not I think they're going to hit it, and then the biggest strength and weakness of this roster. So I have the floor of this team being 8-9, and, and it it's going to be hard for them not to be good this year. Um, some things that can go wrong, though, is like Herbert, he regresses a bit, still being great, but not playing at the MVP level he's capable of. Eckler plays well, but he gets injured, and the backup backs can't carry the load. Allen regresses as he gets up there in age, and Williams is a good contested catch guy, but not much beyond that. And then the rest of these wide receivers and tight ends don't produce much. This offensive line has a strengths, but also a major weakness at right tackle. Uh, the interior defensive line is better than it has been in years past, but still gets ran through in some games. And this nasty edge duo just doesn't live up to expectations, whether it be because of injuries or just not living up to the performances that we expect from these players. The linebackers don't offer much in defense, and also just get picked apart in coverage. JC isn't able to play the same outside of New England, and Samuel can't build off that strong rookie year. And then Callahan just continues to regress. James is amazing, but he gets injured again. And then Allery just leaves so much to be desired. But optimistically, this team can be one of the best in the league. Um, I have their floor at 12-5. And, and that's mostly because of the division. This is one of the most talented roster across the board in the league. And yeah, like things that can go right is Herbert just continuing his ascension. Fully establishing himself as an elite quarterback and winning MVP. Eckler continues to be one of the best backs in the league, and Allen and Williams both have Pro Bowl caliber seasons. Either Everett shows up as this team's main tight end, or Parham is able to overtake him and produce. And then this offensive line could be one of the best in the league if Pipkins or Norton or whoever is at right tackle is even close to average. The new bodies on the interior could help their run deep problem, and this edge duo is the best in the league. Murray takes a step up in year three, forming a pretty solid linebacker duo, and then JC Jackson and Asante Samuel could be the best corner duo, at least at getting interceptions, and then Callahan, if he's able to turn back the clock a bit, that'll just be amazing. James stays healthy and remains the best safety in the league, and Adoree has that breakout season that we've all been waiting for. And then for the over-under, it's set at 10.5, just like every other AFC West team outside the Raiders. And just like every other AFC West team, this is a really tough one to guess, but I do like the over despite it being so high. This is one of the most loaded rosters in the league and barring injuries or the Chargers just having terrible luck, which would not be the first time. I just can't imagine this team not improving from last year. And I think they're the biggest threat to the Chiefs divisional crown. And a lot of that lies on the shoulders of Justin Herbert, who I've as this team's biggest strength. Herbert is one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks to ever play in this league, and he has incredible work ethic, evident by him not knowing how to go through reads on hard knocks in his rookie year. like They were asking him to go through his progression, and he was like, what? Like I didn't do this at Oregon. And last year, his second year in the league, he had the lowest turnover-worthy play potential. Um, Just the way he's been able to absorb knowledge and put it to a good practice has been incredible to see. He's going to be one of the best quarterbacks for years to come. And yeah, he's just incredible. But um, the biggest weakness of this team is that they're the Chargers. Like, I I don't know how else to say it. The Chargers just have terrible luck. And no matter how good they look on paper, they always end up disappointing. Whether it's the few holes on this roster showing up big time, notably right tackle, or bad injury luck to keep positions like their edge defenders, J.C. Jackson's already hurt. Derwin James always seems to get hurt. If Justin Herbert goes down, like, damn. Or, there's special teams. Like, this special team doesn't look that good again. And, they, they could just be so historically bad that they missed the playoffs. And if you think, like, oh, that's crazy. Like, look up the 2010 Chargers. They had the number one offense, number one defense in the league. And they missed the playoffs because they had just that bad of special teams. Um, overall, like, I, this is just such a loaded roster, but Chargers going to Chargers, you know? So that's that's what I'm putting as their biggest weakness. That's the one thing that I can see holding this team back. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode. Um, if you're on YouTube, leave a comment below. Let me know what you guys think. Am I too high? Am I too low? Do you guys Are you guys buying into the offseason hype that always comes around on the Chargers like me? And also leave a like and subscribe. Stick around. We're about to get into the season prediction and then kicking off the regular season this Thursday. Um, if you're on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you might be listening to this, leak like five star review, stick around because a lot more content's about to be coming up. And yeah, see you guys all next time.